This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And if you're on YouTube, thank you for uh, watching us today. Hey, YouTubes. I feel like we were just doing this not too long ago for the NFL side of things, Brandon. <laughs> I think that's that's exactly what happened because we were. I mean, your side of the table is a little less crowded since it's <laughs> only you this time, but if you're listening to us via Blog Talk Radio, thank you for the download. Like I said, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for checking us out today. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys. Going to be talking Joe Mixon yet again. We talked about him in the draft special. Now we're going to talk about him in Oklahoma. We're going to look at the Wakey Leaks situation going on with Wake Forest and the ACC. And then we're going to look at the NFL draft. Should players be sitting out of bowls a la Leonard Fournette, a la Christian McCaffrey, but... Brandon, I want to dive right into this, and this is a topic that we talked about on the Onside Kick Draft Special this past weekend. We looked at Joe Mixon. We looked for like his his draft stock. Where is he going to go? Where is he going to fall? You guys can go to the YouTube channel to check that out. I want to, on the Primetime Podcast, though, I want to focus in on how does this affect the Oklahoma Sooners now that the video is out and we could see it. Well, I think that now that this video is out, I think that you're probably going to see more people and have more people, if not already, have more people say, what's going on? How is how is he still able to continue his, what is leading up to a professional career, but mm-hmm. his, his collegiate career, career rather, at the University of Oklahoma? A lot of people are saying, you didn't get rid of this guy? You didn't get rid of this guy? And I think that, you know, there are... So many different circumstances, so many different instances, so many different situations when different things can happen. And in this situation, he's an athlete. He brings more than just being a student to the table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that could certainly have something to do with it, why he continued to stay. And most people would say, Brandon, that's exactly, that's exactly it. That's the only thing that kept him there was that he was a good athlete, that team needed him, that team wanted him to continue to be on that team, so they let him sit out a year, get better, almost an, a, a year off-season program to mm-hmm. get better, stronger, faster, come back the next year and be better than ever, and he actually did have a pretty good season the year after. And I think that for something like this, it disgusts a lot of people, it upsets a lot of people, and it makes a lot of people think, what are we doing? What really are we doing? Because we preach, preach, preach all these different things. But then when it finally, and these coaches are supposed to preach these different things, but when it finally happens at your school, how are you going to handle it? I mean, take take Baylor for, for an example. More extreme case, possible rape. But look at how that was handled. Swept under the rug. We'll just pretend it didn't happen. Hopefully no one finds out. Someone found out. And then this one, it's people are saying, you you need to do something about this. How are you handling this? Mm-hmm. The way you're supposed to handle this is you're supposed to get rid of those players who are the people that clearly are no good for your program. And I'm talking as the, as the outside people. I'm not talking for myself in this instance, saying that he needs to be gone. He needs to be out of there. Awful, terrible, all this stuff. 
But do they have a point, Ricky? Do they have a point in the, in the sense of if this kid was not just a – if he was just a regular Joe Schmo going to the University of Oklahoma and not Joe Schmo big athlete going to the University of Oklahoma, he would have been out of there. Quiet, but he would have been out of there. He would have been out of there. And the reason why I am – I'm disgusted in Joe Mixon – but I am more disgusted in the Oklahoma Sooners and mainly Bob Stoops. Like, Bob Stoops, to me, is almost as worse as Joe Mixon for what he did. And the reason why I say that is Bob Stoops was basically the guy who, I know him, the AD, and I think the president were the three that went down, saw the video when it happened, went down to um, the police station, I believe, watched the video, and then made the call of what are we going to do? And in my case, you guys know if you watched the draft special already that we had, you know my opinion on it from an NFL standpoint was if I was the GM, I wouldn't have even touched him. So if you're putting myself in Bob Stoops' shoes, I don't want this fucker on my team. That's basically the hard language I am using. Get this guy off my team. He doesn't respect women. He has no place here. Because... It's all about when I, when you hear coaches talk about students, of course you're going to be there for the student. You're going to be there for this athlete to nurture him into becoming a man. But this is something to me where it's like, you know what? Get him off my team. I cannot work with this. Get him off. I cannot work with this. Because it kind of goes back to, I was reading the when I was heading to my cousin's for Thanksgiving dinner. I was sitting in the back seat of the car and I was reading Coach Cal's new book, which if you guys haven't had it, this is not a paid endorsement. I love the book. It's a great book. Go out and get it. And he was saying in recruiting trips, Coach Cal will sit there and kind of observe how the student treats other people. If the student's disrespectful to his mother or disrespectful to his father, Coach K will take him off the list. Say, I can't work with a guy like that. If you disrespect your parents, I can't work with that. He'll look for the next guy. So to me, it's things like that that Bob Stoops should have sat there and went, no, I can't work with this kid. However, it's exactly like you said. Joe Mixie's a pretty good athlete. He can help us win football games. So what they did was he got a suspension which I use air quotes because he didn't get a suspension. He basically was redshirted a year, was able to, like you said, get bigger, get stronger, come back for that 2015 season, and then it's like, you know what? Everything swept under the rug until the video came out here. And to me, I mean, you can point the finger at the AD and the president, but me, I'm putting a lot of blame on Bob Stoops saying, you're at fault for letting this kid be on your football team after that happened because he wouldn't be on mine. Ricky, you know, the person I'm most upset with, I think, in this situation is David Boren, uh, the the school president at Oklahoma. And the reason why I'm upset with him is this guy is a former senator in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He's a Democrat. He's things. He's 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 been in politics. And what has he, I'm sure, seen while in politics? Plenty of legislation that has come across his desk. Talking about domestic violence, Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's worked with it. Most politicians have. I think that for you to be able to see something like that, see domestic violence, 
in your school, in your huge football program that brings in huge dollars. You see that, you look at that, and you're okay with that. And you continue to keep Joe Mixon on scholarship, on scholarship, not just on the team, on scholarship for the final two seasons. And I think that I'm most upset with David Bourne, especially coming from, you know, and I don't want to label everybody at all by any means, but typically you're a Democratic senator. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that those are the issues you're supposed to be fighting for. Correct. And I think that in this instance, that's just not happening at all. And I think you're you're the head honcho. Mm -hmm. You're above the athletic director. You tell the AD what to do. The AD tells the head coach what to do. You're the president. You had a real opportunity here. It's not, and it's not about trying to to uh, take someone and, and, and make an example of. You already made an example of yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I no need for me to make an example of you. You had a real opportunity to say, you know what? Oklahoma is better than this. O- Oklahoma won't stand for this. Oklahoma won't allow this. You're going to be successful. You're going to be successful because somebody else is going to allow that mm-hmm. and is going to sta- break their principles and stand for that. But we here at Oklahoma will not do it. And you know what, Ricky, before you say anything, is you know what the bad part is? Oklahoma could have won without him. They could have. And the one thing I was just going to ask to kind of just throw a little bit into that fire is, what does that say? What does that say from yourself and your actions? I'm talking about the president to your female students that you went, you saw that tape and you did nothing. You didn't do anything. The AD didn't do anything. Bob Stoops didn't do anything. And I know Bob Stoops is a guy who he deals with football players who are mostly male. But if I'm a female on his staff, I'm kind of looking like, okay, I'm getting a different image of you. If I am a female athlete at Oklahoma, I might look at the AD a little bit different. Like, okay, I see I see what you're all about. And if I'm just a female student on the Oklahoma campus, I'm looking a little bit like, okay, what's this university about? If the president of our university sees a tape like that and does nothing. And I want to do you, do you one better. He has a daughter. Exactly. Again, I mean, again, I'm I'm not saying that she's five years old or or mm-hmm. twenty years old, but I'm saying he has a daughter. You've yeah. been in those positions, you know, where ho- well, hopefully, you have not been in those positions, but you've been in the positions of you've got to be a protective father over your daughter. And this, and is... I think that for you again to be able to see that video and go, mm-hmm. that's bad, but he's really good. Well, we're we're just going to suspend him for the year. We'll keep him. He'll learn his lesson. We'll say he learned his mm-hmm. lesson. He doesn't need to. We'll just do everything out there and go through the motions, and we'll be fine in a year. And that's the one thing. I mean, this is now drawing back a little bit to when we talked about this on the Onside Kick Draft special. And one of the things I th- I've been thinking about since then, and I've kind of thought about, but I didn't bring it up in that one, was – and I – basically want everybody either watching or listening to put themselves in this in this situation. Imagine the girl that Joe Mixon clocked in the face is your daughter. How would you feel if that was your daughter getting clocked in the face 
by some goon of a football player, how would you feel? Would you still be like, well, you know what? She pushed him first. Or would you have a little bit of a different reaction if it was your daughter? And I think sometimes that's the kind of, that's the kind of goggles we need to put it through. What if it was your, what if it was not even your daughter? What if it was your sister? What if it was your mother? Then how would you feel? You feel a little bit different. And the one thing when I was watching the outside the lines today during lunch, um, they, it was, um, I can't remember who was filling. Bob Lee wasn't there, but I can't remember who was filling. I think it was Andy Katz was filling in for Bob Lee. And they were talking to one of the, Sports Illustrated writers, reporters, who was at the Orange Bowl interview. So after Joe Mixon has his full season, before he goes and plays Clemson, he goes to Media Day. And they actually let Joe Mixon go to Media Day, which they were, she even said, she's like, I was shocked that they let him go because, of course, the Orange Bowl says, like, ah, you got to take every player. But she was like, I was expecting Oklahoma to say, you know what, stay home, we'll take the fine. We don't want anyone asking you questions. They shouldn't be answered. And, I mean, I watched the interview. I have the transcript up just so I can read it for you guys. It's stuff like, oh, is this overwhelming? And he starts off with, well, first off, I'd like to say that I'm here to answer all football questions. Nothing else for anything. No situation but football. It's not overwhelming. I'm just happy to be here. Then he's asked about, well, did you want to talk to me? And he goes, yeah, a little bit. But, you know, and then he just starts kind of sidetracking. And then they're like, well, what person do you think we should think of you? The person I am. Oh, what's that? A great person. Just these one-word answers until eventually the eventually Mike Hawk had to step in and go, again, Joe's already expressed his desire to answer only answers football-related questions to them where Mixon said, like I said, I'm here to answer all football questions. That was his time in the sun to kind of set the story straight, vocally apologize for it, and put it behind him. And he didn't. You know, Ricky, he 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 very well may be a great person, but he did not show that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. to the world, mm-hmm. to the country, when he did what he did two years ago. Mm-hmm. And and now it's now it's finally being released. But I think that's the sh- the shame is is that Joe Mixon has a ways to to come back from that and and I'm not going to go on record and say he's a bad person. I don't know Joe Mixon. I I would like to think that he is a good guy who really messed up. And you know a lot of people can say, whoa, he you know he just walked out. He he hit her. He right hooked her, and he just he just walked right out. I do have to say one thing, and I think this is something that we had mentioned uh, the other night the other night. What else do you want him to do? Yeah, what did you expect? I mean, what do you to want do? him to do? I mean, one, I, I'm I'm thinking number one, he's pissed at himself that he did it, mm-hmm. and he's he's like, I got to get out of here. I'm well, you I, or hope otherwise he's pissed at himself. I, I, I would I would I would like to assume he yeah, is. That's what I'm saying. I would you like to assume he is, but I think that he has a long road for. For people, and I'm not talking us. I'm not talking mm-hmm. everyone who's like, oh, we'll forget about it. Oklahoma won't forget about it. People in the situation won't forget about it. He's got a long way to go to prove to those people that he is a good person well, and that he's a stable person. Because that's that's one of the things. It, that doesn't necessarily just go to, are you a good person, are you a bad person? Are you stable? 
Mm-hmm. Do, do you usually, if you get mad at someone, Ricky, guy, girl, you usually just clock them if you're just not feeling it? I mean, no. yeah, that just doesn't happen. One of the things that I had read here um, from Outkick the Coverage mm-hmm. um, college football blog said that the punch was so violent, and, and everyone, I, I'm sure at this point, knows something from the incident that's that's watching us. The punch was so violent that his female victim suffered a fractured jaw, broken cheekbone, broken nose, and a fractured orbital bone near her left eye. Her jaw was wired shut for months, and Joe Mixon supposedly began the incident, according to the criminal investigation, by directing a gay slur at the woman's male companion at the bar. What one thing that Ricky... Mark and myself had talked about on Saturday was the fact that maybe she had directed a slur Mm -hmm. at him. This is saying the complete opposite, that he directed a slur at the guy that she was standing next to in the in the at the location. So, you know, it's back and forth. And I'm only saying this when I'm throwing this out there because it says in the in the criminal investigation. mm -hmm. So let me get this straight. I'm just re now reworking the facts. He says a gay slur to the guy that she was with after she pushes him which i don't care who you are she didn't push him enough to cause any bodily harm come on and then right after you kind of jerk forward to kind of scare her you do that that's number two and then after she clocks here because my first thought was if anyone gets in my face of course i'd clock them like if me and if I did, pr- pretend I don't know you. You're a random guy, and you go to do that. I'm clocking you in the face. Get out of my personal space. Number three is what he actually did. And to me, the most interesting thing, and kind of bringing this all back to how is this going to affect Oklahoma, I am interested on two fronts to see, A, how this affects their football recruiting, and B, how it affects their women's basketball, their women's volleyball, their women's track, their women's whatever, their women's soccer, women's whatever. Because two things could happen. For the football side, you might be saying, but Ricky, no girls play football. Well, you're not telling me there could be A, some student or some parents that go, I don't want you telling their son, I don't want you going there. You know what? You ain't going there because that's how they treat women. Or on the other side, maybe there's a stud basketball player on the women's side. I ain't going there anymore. That's how they treat women. I'm in, I'm going to be interested to see how this affects recruiting because I know that I've talked to numerous people who are like, oh, well, in six months we'll have forgot about this and we'll be on to the next one. Not everyone's going to forget about this, especially the people that are inside the Oklahoma bubble, the o- Oklahoma sphere who are or the people who are going into that bubble by either getting recruited by the football program, by the basketball program, by this, by that, it could affect them in the recruiting game. And I'll be honest, if I'm a big if I'm a Big 12 school, I wouldn't say I wouldn't think about using it against them. I wouldn't think about or I'd think about it. I don't know if I'd actually do it, but I'd think about it. Another thing that I want to bring up about OU President David Boren. So back on November 15, 2016, Mm -hmm. he said, quote, it is extremely important that we let all the members of our university community, especially those who we find who find themselves marginalized, know that we love them, care about them and embrace them 
as members of the OU family, end quote. He was talking in regards to incidents of racism on campus. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You can't talk out of one side of your mouth and say, hey, those of you who feel the effects of racism, we are there for you. Mm -hmm. But those of you who feel the effects of assault, tough luck. I am going to go back to one thing my mother used to always tell me, Brandon. My mother used to tell me it. My grandmother used to tell me it. Actions speak louder than words. You can tell me that I, like, you could say to me, hey, you're accepted. You're this, you're that. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me. And that's the two of the last things. Number one with Joe Mixon, the last thing I wanted to wrap up with him was my biggest criticism about him through this. Not one apology. And I know the comment section right there said, but Ricky, 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 we, we've heard from his lawyers that he's sorry, this and that. He has never said he's sorry. We've heard statements from his lawyers that he's sorry, but we've never heard it out of his mouth that he's sorry. In how many years? He could have done it at the Orange Bowl. He could have done it after the video was released. We have heard nothing. We have heard words from his lawyers who are talking for him. And then two, what happens to Bob Stoops? Should anything happen to Bob Stoops after this and now us finding out how they really handled this? Well, again, you know, you took the the the, the Bob Stoops. I would I would ask you the question mm-hmm. because I I, I I'd think fire him. I I you know my we took different avenues. Yeah. You took the avenue of the head coach. I took the avenue of the president. Yeah. I'd fire his ass. You'd fire Bob Stoops. Yeah, I would. I if it was me. I would look very hard. It, this is, and I love how earlier you compared it to Baylor because this to me is different circumstances. Baylor's is way worse, but is it that far worse? They're both similar. We are both disrespecting women. That's what it comes down to in its nutshell of the simplest form. So to me, I look at Baylor and I say, well, their coach is gone. Their president's gone. They cleared house. Why shouldn't we try to fight for the same thing for Oklahoma? And the only reason I say that is because, like I said, actions speak louder than words, and look at what you allowed to happen. You allowed him to, I don't care if you're like, you know what, I want to keep him on the football team because I think I could help him. Fine. Take away his scholarship for a year. Do something. Show me a little bit that you care. Come on, Bob. Show me a little bit. That's all I wanted. I'll ask you about the president then because you went that route. What do you think should happen to the president? I, I think that there should be some very upset. I, I, I think personally, I think that there should be some very upset donors out there uh, that uh, whether athletic or non-athletic donors that, that, that would come in and say, we're okay with that. We're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I would put the pressure on the president because at the end of the day, Bob Stoops, the president, and the AD, they were all in the room together. They all saw it together. I mean, who's to say? Probably didn't happen like this because I haven't seen any report that has said this. Mm-hmm. Who's to say Bob Stoops said, no, I, I think that I'd rather distance ourselves from, from Mixon. They said, no, 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 no. 
too he's too good. This is how we're gonna do do it. And the, I haven't. I'm not. That's not. That's probably not the true. Only, the I'm just only saying thing, that that's 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 something that definitely could have happened. But I have not seen yeah, any report about the that. thing that I am hearing. And this was from me watching ESPN today. Is that Bob Stoops made the call? That he was the one that made the call. Whether he was on the football team, suspended, he's the one that made the call. That's and I'm getting that from ESPN. I'm not just pulling it right out of my butt and presenting it to you guys. But we're going to wrap this up. We've gone a while on Joe Mixon. This is where you guys tell us down below what you guys think of the Joe Mixon. If you didn't get in on the discussion with the onside kick part, what do you think of the Joe Mixon thing? What should happen to Bob Stoops? What should happen to the president of Oklahoma? What does this mean for Oklahoma moving forward? And do you think it affects Oklahoma moving forward? There's that part of it, too. But we are going to move on into another kind of a, it's not as serious as the Joe Mixon situation, but it's a pretty serious situation when it comes to the world of football. And that's uh, WikiLeaks, as uh, a few people are calling it. Instead of WikiLeaks, it's WikiLeaks. And basically, if you're new to the party, basically what happened is the color commentator for the Wake Forest football team, who used to be an assistant coach when Jim Jim Grobe was there, Grobe leaves, goes to Baylor, the new coach comes in, Clawson, Clawson decides not to keep this assistant, this assistant goes on to be the color coordinator, or color commentator, and then he starts taking some plays and leaking them and giving them to teams like Louisville and Virginia Tech. Brandon, I just want to start out. You really wanted to talk about this. This is basically your topic. What were your thoughts when you first heard about this, and what are your thoughts now? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. When I when I first heard this, which was, when was it? About, about a week ago, Thursday mm-hmm. or so, I'm hearing this, and, and I'm thinking... Did I miss something? Because it was the day we were recording the previews. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, did I miss something? Is this, Did this happen a long time ago, and now I'm just catching it? Because I'm listening to Mike and Mike, typical. But <laughs> I, I, I think that after hearing all this, at the beginning, when I heard this, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is bad. Because they're, they're mm-hmm. saying, I can't remember who they were talking to, but they were saying how Wake Forest practices always open. Always open, open to the public, never had any problems, nothing like that at all. And, you know, people could kind of come and go as they pleased and, you know, broadcasters could come in and, you know, talk with them and really get good information and all on all those types of things. And how after this situation, going to them, trying to talk to them, it was more like, no, nah, sorry, we can't uh, we can't talk to you. Practice is closed. Mm-hmm. All this stuff We because we just don't know who the leak could be or where the leak could be. And and this is and this is uh obviously after it had happened but before they found out where it was. Mm-hmm. And uh they're like, "Yeah, we we just we can't have this. We can't have anyone coming in anymore. We you know, we're sorry, blah blah blah, but it, it's just not going to happen." And I'm thinking it's like one of those guys who is going to ruin it for everybody else. You know what I mean? The one, like, the like, one, like in, the one school? in school that ruins it because of him. You yeah. can't have your 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 snack anymore, uh-huh. and it's like screw you. I want my snack. But now that it's all come out, Tommy Elrod 
I look at that man, unfortunately, in my eyes, I don't know him. I don't know him personally. And Elrod is the color Tommy Elrod, excuse me. He mm-hmm. is the he was the color commentator yeah, was. commentator Not with him for Wake Forest. He played football at Wake mm-hmm. Forest. Assistant coach. Assistant coach Wake Forest. And then broadcaster Wake Forest. He is a traitor. He is a straight up low life traitor. And the reason I say that, you do not, I don't care how much money you're being paid, you don't sell out your team that you, that, that you don't sell out your family. Would you sell out your family? Because that's what he did. He sold out his family. And how. Dom always taught how, me family comes first. How dare you? Well, you don't watch the trailer then for the new <laughs> one because it's interesting. <laughs> it's but very interesting. Do not ever sell out your family for anything, your your blood family mm-hmm. or not. Because guess what? I'm hoping out, out there everyone's got the non-blood family. And what he did to them, mm-hmm. whether or not it, it crumbled their program, didn't crumble their program, he made them look bad. He made them look weak. He made them look like, oh, yeah, Wake Forest, this is happening to Wake Forest. They have no clue. Ha, 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 ha. And then these other schools and some, and some of these people – whether it got to the top or not, you know, Bobby Petrino's going, we didn't, we, it didn't even help us. You know, we were going to beat him anyways. But, I, you know, I think. That's a whole different story we'll get into in I a second. I think it's just ridiculous. I think it's unfathomable mm-hmm. how you're able to do that to people who you've worked with for years. Well, to the school you went to. And I got how a, do you, I'm sorry. I, I, how do you you have to answer me? How is how, how could you ever think that that's okay? How what goes through his mind? What went mm-hmm. through his mind? I mean, wh- I where 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 are you on this on this well, situation? With me, the I wanted to read you a quote, and this is from head coach Dave Clawson. He said, and I quote: "We allowed him to have full access to our players, team functions, film room." And practices. This guy had the full gambit to everything. He could talk to whoever he wanted, had whoever he wanted. And where I sit on this, my first thought when you brought this to me, Brandon, because with me, like, I first heard about it, and my first thought about it was, "Ah, okay, this will be out here for a day or two, and then it'll get swept under the rug. I didn't think it was that big of a story. I didn't think it was going to snowball into this big of a story, and then it did. But now it's like my first thing when you told me about it, I was like, follow the money. Find the money trail and follow that money. Because my first thought was, he ain't doing it for free. He is not doing this for free unless he's getting a little cheddar on the side. And now that I'm thinking about it and you look at, he was an assistant coach for Grobe. Clawson doesn't keep him on. This is like, let's make a movie of this. Like, let's get Kevin Spacey to play Elrod. And let's make a movie out of this. Kevin, if you're watching, let's do it. We can, <laughs> we can make money off of it. I'm pitching it right now, Kev. You see me. House of Cards was a big hit. This could be even better. Wakey Leaks. That's what we could like. That's the working title I got. I know it's unoriginal, but that's the working title I got. <laughs> Wakey well, leaks. Well, you know who who is one, something something. You know, something. you know who's one person that would see it. Who? Julian Assange. He wants to see oh, how yeah. that relates to WikiLeaks. Yeah, how how it relates to WikiLeaks. <laughs> but hmm, which one's better? But this is something where it's like, it's so movie like. Oh, 
I got spurred by the incoming head coach. Let's fuck up his season. Let's mess it up a little bit and sabotage him. So in an article that Bob Ryan wrote, Mm -hmm. he said that what he has seen among... Amongst most people right now that is at the forefront of why he did this was gambling and trying to gamble on it and then put his money on who was going to win and he could make lots of money. But again, that still doesn't necessarily put why. Why would he do that to, okay, take the coaches out, Mm -hmm. take all that out. The players. Why would you do that to the players? Well, I got one thing to say about the gambling part. Who's picking Wake Forest to win many games this year? Six and six to me was like, damn, you're six and six after going three and nine last year? Kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. You guys did a good job. Who's picking Wake Forest to win many games this year? So really it's like, so wait, you're trying to give up the leaks to basically make sure you win anyways that you probably would have won before? Yeah, see, that doesn't necessarily make sense to me either because me. because of the fact, too, is that it's not like it's it's Alabama or Ohio State or mm-hmm. anything like that. And people would certainly notice. If all of a sudden, you know, there was this huge, you know, trend to money on, uh, you know, Wake Forest, money on Wake Forest, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. then it's like, what's going on here? You know, or, or, something, or something like that. So... But but I, I think that that would be really hard to see. And maybe, again, maybe that's what he was thinking, though, is no one's going to notice that because that's never going to happen. It's going to fly so far under the radar. No one's ever going to see that. No one's going to look with at Wake me. Force. Exactly. No one's going to look at me. I'm nowhere near the t- I'm nowhere near the coaching staff. So I think that that's one of the things that is very interesting. I just don't. I just, uh, Ricky, I, I still don't understand this. I still don't understand this. And how about we get to the point of the mm-hmm. players? I don't understand it for them. You may have a gripe against the coaching staff. You may not even have a gripe against the coaching staff. I'm not sure exactly what's up with this guy. But the players, what did they, they, they did nothing. They did nothing to him. They're out there trying, hopefully, mm-hmm. to better their program, better themselves so they can continue to to go up instead of down at Wake Forest football, I don't get it. I don't get it. And that is one thing that I don't think I've really gotten a solid grasp on. Mm-hmm. Could it be money? Certainly. Does it, Certainly. Lo- does it, does it look like it is? <laughs> yes. It looks like it could definitely be going that way. But why? Why did you need it so badly? Why this way? Mm-hmm. Why? There's so many more questions and answers right now in this. Well, the one question I wanted to get to was kind of the kind of overarching question for this segment for our YouTube um, viewers is should the coaches who received these plays face any sort of suspension? And before we get to that, I think we got to focus on a uh, a one certain uh, Bobby Petrino. And the reason why I say that is this is the same man who went on Mike and Mike, basically said, you know what? We did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. And then his AD comes on like a day later, contradicts the whole thing. He Petrino comes on, we didn't have any. Didn't have any plays, don't know what you're talking about. Basically what he said. I'm paraphrasing. Then the AD comes on and goes, well, we had them, we just didn't. We just didn't use them. Basically contradicting everything you said. And... 
the thing, not you, but Bobby Petrino, you. And I look at this and I go, when Bobby Petrino said he didn't know of anything, can we take this man honestly and seriously? The answer is no, folks. This is the same guy who, when he was at Arkansas, stood there after his motorcycle accident, basically made up a story, and then we found out that he's riding a motorcycle with student-athlete volleyball player Jessica Donald, and he's fired that April. It happens early April. He's fired a little bit later in April, and then in July, he's telling us how he's got to make things right with his family. So... This is a guy who he's done it. He's lied to us in the he's past. A goof. Well, he's lied to us in the past. Why wouldn't he lie to us now? Exactly. And I think that I think that that's one of the things though too is that with the whole thing with Louisville, it was almost to the point of so being so smug about it, the fact of yeah, we had the place. Didn't need to run them though. We were going to beat them anyways. And the only reason the only reason they got caught was because well, and here's the thing. The thing that was great was like, oh, well, we didn't need him. Yeah, you want to know why you didn't need him? Because Clawson found your sheet on the field before the game and said, well, we can't use these. They're going to know this is coming and change the game plan on you. That's why you didn't need him. That's why you didn't need him, Bobby. Oh, my. It's like you're trying to pull a fast one on us when we've seen the tape before. We just have to go back to 2012 to rewatch the tape. So... I'll get to the final question. I'll throw it at you first. Should coaches like the OC at Louisville, Bobby Petrino, the coach at Virginia Tech, should they face suspensions for have receiving plays through Enrod and WikiLeaks? I think it's 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 not it's not for the fact that they received them, it's the fact that they said, "Yes, I will take them." Mm-hmm. You, it's one thing to receive them in the mail. You know, if, if it, 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 you know what I'm saying is that yeah. if you you get them, they they just send them in, and you're randomly like, who would have given me something today? You know, and <laughs> you're you're just kind of looking through. I don't think my mom was sending me anything, and and you and you look at it, and you're like, oh crap, these are not our plays. These are clearly coming from somewhere else. You know what you could do? Immediately, they should have alerted Wake Forest and alerted the NCAA. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely that's that's what I. Would like to think that I would have done. That's what I like. Would like to have think to think that most people in that situation would have done. Because I would like to think that most people are, are good people. Not 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 even just good people, but they they enjoy the spirit of competition. You're taking that away if you're giving plays up, especially if you're a team like Louisville, where you're favored to win. You've got the Heisman on your team. Yeah, I mean, my goodness gracious, I I, I think that you know for something for something like that, it's just. You're 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 not only you're not only being you know a slimy person. Mm-hmm. You're not only hurting the kids on that team. You're really not doing any good to your own team because guess what? You think that when you get to uh, let's say it all worked out, you got to a game against Alabama. You think Alabama's people giving you any plays? <laughs> I don't think so. They're gonna beat your ass. So I think that that is the thing that's killing me is that you have ruined you're mm-hmm. ruining competition well, and i mean no disrespect to wake forest when i say this this is just how ludicrous that i think louisville having to accept plays really was it'd be like if bill belichick was going to go up against the browns the patriot browns this year and went 
Yeah, you know, I might not need them, but here, let me take these plays and look at them. It's like, come on. You don't need them. I know Wake Forest had a lead in that game, and it was close, but let's be honest. Louisville was winning that game. Yeah, no. Besides, Belichick already tried that once with the Jets. He figured yeah, out he didn't Spygate. need to do it, it again. It but, didn't work. I caught red-handed. But should they get suspension? Yes. I say without a doubt they should be suspended because there's no place mm-hmm. for that in college football. I think suspension should be done as well. Plus, I think the NCAA should investigate on Louisville. I, I do too. Investigate and see what happens. I'm not saying like, ooh, death penalty or anything, but I look at Penn State, I look at USC, I look at all these other places that get like scholarships taken away. Maybe this should lead to something. Okay, something, and, and, and to go to go along with that, let me just be a complete weirdo go ahead and, and uh you're going you always are Brandon. permission to weird on but but uh if they did an investigation into louisville mm-hmm. would they find that more this isn't the only one would they find more dirty dirty laundry that's what i'm saying more that's dirty what i'm laundry? saying is there possibility Ooh. at louisville alone that they would find more things where their their assistants or staffers mm-hmm. it's always staffers it's always staffers <laughs> Then we need we need to do get rid of staffers because that's who it is. It's 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 never the head coach. They're oblivious. Yeah. But but I think that this isn't the first time with just mm-hmm. Louisville. It is basketball. Uh huh. It is football. This is even the worst thing to come out of Louisville this year. But I think they should do an investigation the whole into or the whole Louisville. athletic. Into the athletic department. How is that AD running things over there? Who who are they letting get away with Mm -hmm. what? What's going on? What's their procedure for different things like that? Do they have one? Do they care? You know what this is a uh, conspiracy theory for? The comment section. You guys let us know down below what you guys think. It's a perfect, perfect conspiracy theory for them, the viewers, to look at. And I want you guys to do that. Let us know down below what you think about... uh, what, what what would you find at Louisville if you did a little bit more digging into that athletic department? But we're going to move on into our last topic. And, Brandon, this is kind of a draft topic, but it's kind of not. But it's a draft topic. And uh, basically I thought about today, Christian McCaffrey decided today, I'm not going to play in the Sun Bowl. Leonard Fournette said, ah, fuck it, I'm not playing in my bowl either. I'm going to get ready for the draft. This is something to where should players sit out their bowl games? Unless you're in the playoff, yeah, maybe you should. Maybe you should sit out your bowl game. I am totally not against, like, everyone who's come out and said, oh, I'm against it, this and that, I'm not against it. Like, I get the side of, like, I guess Ezekiel Elliott sent out a tweet today. Saw that. Man, I'd give what I wouldn't give to play one more game with my boys. Then Kurt Herbstreit, man, it's. So basically saying it's a different era now, not a good trend. And then Derek Carr replying to that tweet saying, yeah, I played with a left, a left separated left shoulder, and I still played because I wanted to play one more time with my guys. Here's the difference. Ezekiel Elliott knew he was going to be a top pick. Derek Carr, he could have went any Like, Derek Carr actually helped his draft stock by playing in that game. We got to see him one more time. He was a guy that could have been second round, could have been first round. The Texans almost thought about taking him, actually, in the first. But you want to know why they didn't? 
because they didn't want to ruin him like they ruined no, his brother. No, they didn't want to ruin him. They they said to themselves, if we take him and whiff, and we whiff on two Carr brothers, we might lose our jobs. So that's why they passed on Derek Carr because they were afraid <laughs> he was going to be anything like his brother. Which they're probably kicking themselves now because Derek Carr looks phenomenal, phenomenal in his. I bet they would have rather paid him seventy-two million years. than Brock yeah. Osweiler. But the thing with this is, I am not mad at Christian McCaffrey for playing the Sun Bowl because you want to know why. And this is a this is a side of it. I think that you did you would, say for playing for not playing. You said playing uh, for, not for not playing is what I meant. And the reason why is. There's too many of these useless games anyways. There are too many of them. It's, I'm going to let you guys in onto our side. I email each week the picks that we make for the website. And today, Mike Rankin's response to that email was, holy shit, more pointless bowl games. The Sun Bowl's not going to matter to Christian McCaffrey if he wins or loses. That's the end of it. It's all about money. I get that. But to Christian McCaffrey... Now I'll just sit out and I'll get ready for the draft. I have no problem with him doing that. No problem. I think that when it comes down to it, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a personal preference for the player. Mm-hmm. You know, once there's some that they they have NFL draft, NFL on their mind. They're done with college. They're done with college. It's like when you get to that point when you're a senior in college and you're getting towards the end and you're like, I'm just done. I just I, I want my job. I want to go out, I want to do my Senioritis. job. I'm done. You know, I'm done. And and uh, and they're okay with that, but that doesn't mean that they're still not going to be close with the people that they played with. I think the people that they played with will also see that. Hopefully, for them, that they'll see that in a year, two years, mm-hmm. three years, maybe four, and they'll go. You know what? I'm gonna be in that same spot. You know, maybe it, it maybe depends on me, but at the same time, I may be just like them when they're skipping this final bowl game because they're trying to get ready. They're, ready, they're trying to get a jump on everybody else to be quicker, faster, stronger in the combine when it comes around and get that better draft position. And I think that, you know, when you have someone like an Ezekiel Elliott, like a Derek Carr, that speaks to the, that speaks to their feelings, their their closeness with their players and it's and it's and with their teammates. And it's not saying that that Christian McCaffrey is not. It's saying that they're all different people. They have all different different aspects and different takes on 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 how they wanted to go about it. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those guys wanted to play. Derek Carr wanted to play. Ezekiel Elliott wanted to be there and play one more game with his guys. Like, he wa- he would want to do that. Herbstreit coming out and saying what he said. But I don't think that you can fault these guys for doing what they're doing. When I say these guys, I mean McCaffrey. I mean Leonard Fournette. For Leonard Fournette, for sure, it's a, it's a, you better not be playing. Because he had an ankle injury Absolutely. Most of too. I think that... You know, sometimes we, we, we put too much stock into every single thing that these college athletes do. Oh, you did that. Oh, you didn't do that. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, let's scrutinize them some more. You know, they they have their reasons for they have their reasons for why they're for why do they're doing the things that they're doing. And I think it makes perfect sense on both sides. I I don't I don't find a problem with it because it's it's not there's not a game after. There's not a game after. You're not playing you're not personally. You're not if you're Chris McCaffrey, you're mm-hmm. not playing for another game after that. You 
are going to the NFL. You need to ready yourself and prepare mm-hmm. yourself. And and guess what? Maybe there should be more guys who want to do that. Because at the end of the day, what is it? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Is it, are we going to get to the point where we're like in the NBA? Well, I'm going to pay money to go to this bowl game. I want to see so and so play. NBA, I'm going to go, I'm in Memphis, I'm going to go to that game, I want to see LeBron James play. If I don't see LeBron James play while I'm here in in, in uh, Memphis, oh, that's BS. I paid good money that I could see LeBron James play. Are we going to get to that point? Are we going to get to that point where, they're, where we're trying to dictate each and mm-hmm. every single thing that these athletes need to be doing? Well, because if we're getting to that point, I don't know if I like that point. My if, problem, you have to tell, if you have to tell them what they need to do and not do, they are grown men. Yeah. You should not have to tell them what to do, nor should you be mm-hmm. telling them what to do at this point. Because guess what? If you're their coach, you can advise, you know what? We want to have you here, but if you're sitting out, I get it. Or you can be their teammate saying, you know what, bro, we know you. Mm-hmm. We know what you're doing. We know what you're trying to do. And guess what? We're not mad at you for it. And I don't think the teammates of Christian McCaffrey are mad at him for it. I For the last thing that you said, the for the people who are like, I paid good money, I wanted to see LeBron James, I equate it to this. Give me an artist that you would go see live. Any musical artist. Give me, give me. Who would you go see live? Give me one. I don't really go see music. But give me one. Give me your favorite artist right now. I've 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 seen Taylor Swift in concert. Okay. I would probably see her Perfect. again. Perfect. You're going to see Taylor Swift live. I'm talking to you guys. I'm breaking the fourth wall. They're like, we and, don't want to go see her. <laughs> who does? But uh, really, you're She's going cool. to see Taylor Swift. You pay for that ticket. Do you dictate what song she plays? Do you dictate the set list? No, you don't. Then why would you go to an NBA game and a football game and a baseball game and tell the manager who he has to play and who he doesn't or tell a player who has to play and who doesn't? It's the same thing. You don't have control over it. You are buying a ticket for the atmosphere. You are not buying a ticket to dictate what happens in that game. The point I wanted to make off of that, that just got me on that night. That's a side thing that I had to get out there because it pisses me off. Or he couldn't sleep if he couldn't get that out. Really, the only the only position in all of sports that you can almost guarantee to be playing when you go to a game is a starter pitcher in baseball, and not even that is completely true. But most of the times, if a starter's listed, you know, okay, at least I'm going to see that guy today. Besides that, you have no place to say who needs to play and who doesn't. But to get back onto this topic, there are two things. And the first one was from, I heard this from Bomani Jones when he was on SportsCenter before I actually came to the podcast. And he said the interesting thing that he wants to see is what if a third, fourth round guy did this? Not a Leonard Fournette, not a Christian McCaffrey. What would the opinion be there? That would be interesting to see. Would it be any different if it was not somebody who was as popular as Christian McCaffrey or Leonard Fournette? Another thing I heard today is you got you know and you guys all know I love listening to Colin Cowherd. Got to listen to him today, so you do? I had a great day. And uh, he actually had an idea that 
I think would be interesting, but it would completely, I know there's smaller, smaller teams and fans of smaller teams that would be mad at this. Look at the bowl system we got. It's broken. Six and six, like we can't even fill bowl games anymore without using 500 teams. There are some where we've got five win teams. We don't even have enough six and six teams to fill bowl games. Here was his kind of blueprint. I'm going to throw it out to you, Brandon. See what you think. He is keeping six bowls. Basically, the New Year six is what he keeps. Because you keep the college football playoff. You keep the Rose Bowl because that's the best bowl game every year. You basically keep the New Year six. Those are your bowl games. Mm -hmm. You force every single team to play nine conference games. You give them a cupcake opponent at the front, and that's your schedule. So a 10-game schedule, players, when they're done with the season, get to get a little break and get to go see their families around Christmas time, and then you get your six bowl games. You get the six bowl games at the top, maybe make it a playoff kind of a situation. That's the one thing I'm throwing in there. But that's what you do. You force everyone to play a harder schedule in conference where you're playing nine conference games, but I'll I'll give you one throwaway game at the beginning. I'll give you that cupcake game at the beginning so that you can get ready for that conference schedule. Now, I know that kind of takes away from the big non-conference games that we see, but how many of them are good? I mean, look at Alabama-USC this year. We thought that was going to be a good game. Turned out to be a butt-whooping by Alabama. How many of these non-conference games turn out to be spectacular, kicking at the end of a field goal kind of a game. So in that point, I'm not really against it. What do you think, though? Nine conference games, one cupcake game, only six bowls. I'm okay with it. I'm completely okay with it because you could probably, of those six bowls, they're going to be good bowls, right? Better bowl games. And guess what? They will still make the amount of money, probably, that they make in Mm -hmm. all of these other ones in these six if they make them good. And that's the one thing also that I thought of was the one thing that I can say, because the the people who are like, oh, what about an eight-game playoff or an 18 playoff, this and that, there was part of me that's like, uh, I don't know, I think four is good. The one thing that's good about an 18 playoff, that's eight teams where you know none of their players are sitting out. Like the only four teams this year – that should not have a single player sit out because they want to help their draft stock. Alabama, Washington, Clemson, and Ohio State. And honestly, I'm letting you guys in. If you notice that jump cut, forgot about Ohio State. <laughs> Sorry, Buckeyes. It's because I want Michigan to be here. But yeah, those are the only four teams that should be not sitting any players. Anyone else? In I'm this, fine with. in this, in, in this, this season, in this, this season. season, right now, right now, they're the only teams that shouldn't sit. That I should see no players go. Ah, eh, you know what? I'm not going to play because I want to help my draft stock because they actually have something to play for. Mm-hmm. Everyone else doesn't. No one else has something to play for. Maybe Penn State and uh, USC just because it's the Rose Bowl. Other than that, no. I don't care if Jake Butt like if Jake Butt came out tomorrow or Jabril Peppers came out tomorrow and said, Nah, I'm not I'm not playing. I'm not playing against Florida State. I'd be fine with it. 
I'd be a okay with it. You got yeah. nothing to play for. Yeah. No, you, you got don't. Nothing to play for. You don't. You, you don't have anything to play for. And I think that you know you want to be smart. You want to be smart as well. And and I think that the the smart thing would certainly be if you can take that last game off and you can go and try and get yourself ready more better better prepared for the draft i mean don't you do it don't you do, I do. it i do it's really you're setting yourself up for your life after college football because it's one of those things and this is bringing it back to the Bomani Jones part that I heard. And when they asked him about it, he ended it with, this is what you get when you play. You pay everyone in college football except the player. This is what you get. You get guys who sit out because they want to cash in on that paycheck, which Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, I am A-OK with it. Sit out this useless bowl game, get ready for the draft, go and get paid, big fella. I mean, there is a part of me that's like, you know what? Go out there, play for your team. This is the last time. But that only that only sparks me if you're a guy who, where you're like, ah, I'm not going to the draft. I don't know if I'm going to be like, I could get drafted, but I'll probably be a fifth-round guy. And who knows if I, I'm like, I'm a quarterback who might be a fifth-round guy. Who knows if I'm even going to make the team. Then sure, go play that bowl game. But if you're a first-round talent, I don't care if you sit out unless you're in the playoff. If you're in the playoff and you have something to play for, then go ahead. I wouldn't even care if Lamar Jackson said, hey, I ain't playing. I'm getting ready for next year. Hey, if Leonard Fournette can sit out, I can sit out, right? I, I wouldn't even care if that was the case. So it's one of those things where it doesn't bother. Like Everyone's getting up all their panties in a jumble. I don't care. I don't care if he sits out. But again, I think it's I think it's on the preference of the player because you take a look at mm-hmm. what we talked about at the top with of this Zeke segment and with, with Zeke Derek and with Derek Carr, and, and and I'll even throw in there too then with with Herbie. So I I think that those those th- those three mm-hmm. guys obviously are on the side of you know why are, why are these guys not playing? It's a game you go play it. But I think that we're we're we are seeing things change. Things do change. And I think that if these guys are trying to make themselves healthier for the NFL, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I just don't. No, I don't either. And this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think of this topic. But before I close everything up, Brandon, it's time. Swanee's final thoughts. Well, one of the things that we talked about today in the very first segment was in regards to Joe Mixon and uh, domestic violence against a woman. And I think that that's one of the things that it's it's not just Joe Mixon. You know, he messed up. He messed up. He did something wrong. Ricky said and said it at, at the at the time. He has not apologized. That 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 still just makes me have to scratch my head. But it's 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 domestic violence in general, and this is something that we all need to be aware of. We all need to understand that. Guess what? At any at any moment, it could happen. It could happen to one of us. It could happen to a friend. It could happen to a family member. It could happen. We have to be prepared and we have to understand how to handle that situation because one team that was not ready to handle that situation was Baylor. One team that was not 
prepared to handle that situation was Oklahoma. And I think that people need to understand what is at stake. It's not just football. It's not just sports. It's not just this, that, or the other thing. It's life. It is, it is most, most usually a, a, a woman's life. And, and I think that the way that I was brought up, and, and I think that Ricky is the same way, mm-hmm. that we are, we are brought up to respect all people, but there's, there's just that special place for women that you just do not treat them in an ill way. And, you know, you can get in, you know, you can yell at each other, you can shout at each other, you can do that. Every once in a while, that happens. But never, never pick up that fist and swing through because it doesn't look good for you. It certainly won't look good on her. And I think that we talk about all this moving along as a society. Doing that, it's only going to push us backwards. Be part of the solution, not part of that problem. Well, and this is where you guys let us know down below what you thought of anything we talked about in today's podcast. I want to thank you guys for either watching on YouTube or downloading the podcast and listening to us via Blog Talk Radio. Thank you guys for listening this week. Brandon and myself will be back next week. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.